Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Bengals actually like what I have to say, but I did feel like we were on to something as far as that's concerned. And, uh, you know, a lot of times, too, they're throwing, uh, you know, a lot because of situational, you know, stuff with being down early in games and whatnot. But, man, I still wish they would have spent more time focusing on that offensive line because it's not often where rookies come into the league and have a lot of weapons to work with. Joe Burrow has a ton of weapons all over the place between his running back, his receivers, but that offensive line is just what's, you know, getting in his way. We saw over the weekend just how good the Bengals could be and just how good he could be with just a little bit of time to throw. Yeah, well, absolutely, but they also got his numbers down. What did he throw? 35 times? 30, like 40 times? Under 40, I think. Yep. And Mixon carried 25. So, like, you got Mixon carrying 25 times. Like, that's that's what they need to do. You got to slow down the rush that's coming at him at some point. So, I think that accomplishing a little more balance helps, and you're absolutely right. I still think the organization needs to sit down during the offseason and maybe find somebody else to talk to about offensive linemen because they're trying. They're just not good at it. So, you know, maybe they can bring in another voice that can help them pick guys. But, uh, frankly, this is what we what you want to see if you're a Joe Burrow fan, if you're a Bengals fan. You want to see a little more balance where your quarterback can be a little bit more set, and then all of a sudden, what do you know? You beat a Jags team that's that's feisty, and that that counts. You know, you got to get those wins. Absolutely, and we look at what the Browns did: put up forty nine points on the Cowboys, and we hear how terrible the Cowboys' defense is, and that may be true. But you got to give credit when credit is due. And I have to give credit where credit is due because I am the guy on this show who makes fun of OBJ and his drops and his tantrums and everything like that. But he definitely made the most of his opportunities on Sunday with three touchdowns. Yeah, absolutely. It was a huge game for him. But also, because I feel like we're just all old school football in this conversation, uh, they're running the ball. Like, I, I know that nobody like like, running the ball is no longer sexy. But the second-best run-block win rate in the NFL belongs to the Cleveland Browns, and that's not an accident. So even though they got decimated at that position, didn't matter. They still get enough production there, and obviously, as we all know, when you're getting that level of production, it's going to give you better matchups with your receivers on the outside. They're going to be able to do more. They're going to be able to get more done, and that's, again, the method. Like It, it feels like everybody is just presumes that if you think your quarterback's the guy, that means you got to just drop back and heave it up 50 times. And this, if this Browns offense can find that level of balance week in and week out, they're going to be tough to stop. And that's what Browns fans should worry about. More than worrying about how great Baker is, just worry about getting the wins, which they'll do if they get this sort of balance out of their offense. Defensively, they're, they're, they interest me because uh, when I watch them, it's cringeworthy. I, I hate watching them play defense. And uh, But then after the game, you know, you look at I mean, they got run all over the place. But then you look at the stats. They, they lead the NFL in takeaways. They lead the NFL in points off those turnovers. They're forcing turnovers. They're forcing fumbles. They're active that way. But, man, they get beat up between the 20s. No, you're a 1,000% right. And it feels like they're a boomer bust defense, right? Like they're going to go – so big, it's like a home run hitter in baseball. That's all they are trying to swing for the fences on everything they do. And if they get gouged running the football, it doesn't seem like anybody's even concerned about that. I mean, <laughs> that uh, that is sort of funny to me because we talk so much about gap alignment and run fits, and you know, making sure that the defensive line is staying home. 
I don't feel like that's even an approach for this defensive line, particularly. It feels like they're straight in all kamikaze going straight after the quarterback, and they're going to just try and make something happen. So I don't love that approach long term, but uh, it's at least giving us some excitement with it. But I'm with you. There are some holes on this defense that I don't think are going to be easy to take care of this season. They are who they are. With the Houston Texans letting coach and GM Bill O'Brien go, are we a little too early saying Eric Bieniemy is going to be their next head coach? No. Uh, I mean, they should do a, a very thorough search, absolutely. And they, you know, they should, they've got a treasure. And that's what Deshaun Watson is. And, like, I, a couple of the guys that I trust the most in Bristol have told me repeatedly when they watch the film that Deshaun Watson has the ability to be every good as Patrick Mahomes. When you hold him to that standard, now you're talking about what a treasure he is for any coach that wants to come in and coach. And it's something that, you know, Dan Graziano on the Monday Night Football Digital Show hosted said, you know, that years ago somebody told him a coach will ask two questions. Who's the owner and who's the quarterback? Well, we know both of those situations for the Texans. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a very, very desirable job. But I can't see why, given the skill set of Deshaun Watson, why they wouldn't want to bring in somebody like Eric Bieniemy. You know, the only thing is you just right now more than ever – you got to be careful making sure that you're bringing in somebody capable of taking the next step as a coach if they haven't been a head coach. That would be right. my only hesitation in the world. Uh, Jason, last week after we got off the phone, uh, I had this very hot take that I thought was going to be a hot take that would get a lot of reaction, but then I actually had people do stuff that I'm not used to and that's agree with me. One situation that I could see playing out, and again, right now the situation doesn't look like it's presenting itself, but let's say by the end of this season, this could be the third straight season where the Baltimore Ravens dominate in the regular season but don't get it done in the playoffs. And at that point, you have to start looking at Harbaugh and say, man, you, we appreciate everything you've done, but what do we got to do for this organization to maybe take Lamar and take this team to that next level. We talk about the enemy going to the Houstons. One prediction that I have, my hot take for next offseason is that Eric Bieniemy will be the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. And it's not because Harbaugh's not a good coach, but it's just because he's been there so long that he's taken them as far as they can go under his system. I think Bieniemy would be a perfect fit in Baltimore. And just think about what that would do for that rivalry between the Ravens and the Chiefs. You have Lamar versus Patrick Mahomes. Then you take Bieniemy away from the Chiefs, and then you take Lamar and the Baltimore offense to that next level. That is a real scenario that I could see potentially playing out. And I think I think uh, there will be more legs to that, especially later in the season if Baltimore Baltimore's not able to get it done in the playoffs. Uh, well, hey, I'm stealing that from you. I'd never thought of that. <laughs> yes. No, I, I mean, uh, you're, I, I will say this. I've given Harbaugh a lot of credit for being able to come in and say, hey, I'm going to rebuild this offense around what Lamar Jackson does well. I think that there's some real credit to that, and it's been impressive. But let's not get lost on the fact that he coaches in the same division as Mike Tomlin. And Mike Tomlin, now, I think more than ever, is finally getting the respect he should have gotten for years for managing not only the Steelers' personalities, but think about the version of Mike Tomlin last year, that he got such great production out of a team that was minus so many pieces, including just a hot garbage quarterback situation. I mean, you start looking (laughs) in your own division and realizing that you don't have the best coach. If you think you got the best quarterback, and if you think you have the best front office, you think you have the best fans, but you look around and say, we don't have the best coach, then... That is fair to open the door to change. So I hadn't thought about it, but it actually makes a ton of sense that if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I would run, not walk. I would run to that opportunity hmm. to be over there because the Ravens, the Ravens are about stability, doing it the right way, and getting things done. I, I, that would be a great job for him. 
And imagine if BNB does go to the AFC North. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, you have to be kicking yourself because when they were looking for their last head coach, BNB was a name that was being tossed around a lot. And the Bengals went in the direction of Zach Taylor, which I'm not a big fan of. But, I mean, that's going to be killer, too. The Bengals could be in a situation where they're looking back saying, man, we could have had him as our guy earlier. And not only did we miss out on him, now he's possibly going to be in our own division. There's a lot of just different spider web storylines that could come from that that I'm keeping an eye on. But either way, Biennemi, I think it's almost a blessing that he didn't get a job last offseason because I think there's going to be a lot of very interesting teams available for him. Kev always brings up, you bring up the Falcons. I mean, yeah. that could be a, a situation with Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and others that could be a good fit. Oh, I mean, the Falcons would be a great, uh, that is a great job for anybody. And, you know, I, 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 again, I've been so, so stinking wrong on the Falcons. I, I, I just too. thought they were going to be good this year. Like, I, I, I thought that they had righted the ship. And so what we're seeing right now is just, it can't last. It's inexcusable. So, you know, that, yes, absolutely. That is another job that I think coaches would fawn over for sure. With the Buckeyes kicking off in what, Justin, 18 days? Buckeyes are back. Woo. But we got, Texas, Oklahoma this weekend. Obviously, Texas is two and one. Oklahoma is one and two, and everybody's talking about Lincoln Riley bailing already. Like, why would he bail now, this upcoming season, as opposed to last season when that Dallas Cowboys job was on the table? Yeah, I don't think Lincoln Riley is going anywhere. And I think what happens is honestly, like, I think. Uh, and, and you guys can speak to this being sort of in the heart of a college football market. I think the problem is so many people in the media in general see college football as at a lower level of the NFL. Mm -hmm. So, And that's the way it was for a very long time. And I get that. So there's this perception that a coach wants to get to the NFL so he can succeed at the highest level. Well, what we've now seen is that between the facilities, the money that the coaches are getting, the, just the pay, the platform, the, the spectacle of college football – it is not the the underside of the NFL. It's its own sort of great sport. And I don't. I think we're constantly looking at these big name coaches in college and why they want to go to the NFL. To me, that makes no sense. Like all you have to do. And I was lucky enough last year to travel with Game Day. And as I went to every different campus across the country, I kept walking around thinking, "Man, I've been into almost every NFL stadium. College football does it better." And and it's okay to admit that. Admit that they're both great sports, but. There's an atmosphere around college football that I think coaches love more than we give it credit for. I don't think Lincoln Riley, it doesn't matter how many games he wins or loses, he's got Spencer Rattler. They're not, they're not going to ask him to go anywhere, and he's going to be there for a very long time because he wants to develop this kid into his own superstar quarterback, and he's built a legacy there that's going to make him rich and secure for a very long time. All right, ESPN Radio's Jason Fitz. He hangs out with us every Tuesday. We talk all things football, top headlines out of the NFL, and uh, some college football as well, and especially with Ohio State kicking off in a few weeks. That's definitely going to be the case. You can catch Jason Fitz on Spain and Fitz weekdays from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern right after our show right here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Jason, I'll send you out with one more hot take because we talked college football <laughs> earlier. Texas, Tom Herman, Texas just every year it's their year until week two or three, and then Texas all of a sudden it's back. on. Yeah, Texas is not. I tell you who might be coming back. I, 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 my hot take, Urban Meyer to Texas. How high? I mean, is it as good as the? Is it as good as the Ravens one? Uh, I mean, where do you rank that one? Yeah, no, that's good. And Urban's going to go back somewhere. I believe that. And you know, we laugh about Texas is back, but we did it last year on game day when we were down there. Texas was undefeated at the time. We were like, oh, yeah, Texas is back. And then they just imploded in front of our eyes. And the fact is, Texas, the results that Tom Herman are getting 
are not good enough for, for the amount of money that comes into that, for the facilities that they have, for who Texas should be because they have all of the structural things you need to be a great college football program. They're a pretty good college football program, and that's not good enough for Texas fans. That's not good enough for alum, alumni. So I think that Tom Herman's going to be showing the door if they don't take a massive step, and I love the idea. Like, Irving's going to – I mean, if he goes down there, he'll get paid ridiculous, grotesque money, and he <laughs> will be the rock star he always is wherever he ends up. All right, good stuff, Jason Fitz. Jason, thank you so much. Give him a follow on Twitter, at Jason Fitz, one T, not two. I've made that mistake a few times. Just one T, Jason Fitz. Thank you so much, Jason. Much appreciated. Uh, appreciate you guys. Thanks for the hot tips, uh, uh, hot take tips. I'm going to write them down. Feel them all from <laughs> That's what we're here for. Thanks so much, man. Take care. Later, man. All right, good stuff there. Jason Fitz hangs out with us every Tuesday at 4.30 uh, to talk about things college football, NFL, and more. And we'll pick up that college football talk with him more in the coming weeks, especially with Ohio State kicking off their season. Uh, and that's coming up just around the corner. Hey, uh, so with us not getting stimulus checks for a while, I have a ne- I have another opportunity for you to have a chance to get $1,000. It's not the 1200 but, I mean, it's $1,000. We are getting-